Let's pray. Lord God, again, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it's always there for us to read, always there to remind us, Lord, uh, who you are, Lord, uh, who you are for your people, Israel, and, and who you are for us Gentiles today, and who you are as you bring us together as your children, Lord. And we just pray that we would have more uh, of an understanding today of of who you are and of your love and your your kindness of your mercy of your sacrifice for for us that uh, that enables us to be your children lord help us to understand all you have for us today through your word in jesus name amen well we all know the story of the prophet jonah who was commanded by god to warn the assyrian city of nineveh of god's impending judgment for their iniquity well, that was the last thing that Jonah wanted to do. So Jonah went in the opposite direction, hoping to get away from God's voice. Maybe God would ask someone else. No. And we learn later that Jonah tried to escape God's voice because he didn't like that God was gracious and merciful. He didn't like that God was slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Let's read from Jonah chapter 4 again. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Was it that? Was it simply that God was gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness? Of course it was not. Jonah was jealous. He didn't like that God was gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness toward a people other than his own. And we see that he would rather have died than willingly allow God to work his mercy to those people through his warning. After the city repented en masse, fearing God because of what Jonah said, God relented in doing them any harm. And Jonah was not only upset, he was angry. He had wanted God to destroy that city with everyone in it. What an attitude for one of God's own prophets to have. And we shall see it's an attitude running right through the Old and New Testaments. In fact, it was a condition, a judgment that God had spoken against his people in Deuteronomy 32.21, saying this of his people, they have provoked me 
to jealousy by their foolish idols, but I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation, and I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. And it's lucky for us that that has happened. As we read from Romans 11, 11 a few weeks ago, through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, talking about Israel, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Yes, but Israel is still a blessed people. Now, let's look a bit at Israel's origins. The Hebrew people had had a unique history with God from Jacob on down. And I say Jacob on down because though they began with Abraham and God's calling and promise to him, they there was a distinction, as the Apostle Paul, Paul points out in Romans 9, when it came to Isaac, a distinction from Ishmael and Abraham's other sons. And then later on, another distinction from Jacob uh, of Jacob from Esau. You see, the seed of promise came through Sarah's son, Isaac, and then through Jacob, and not through Esau, by God's own election. And after Jacob, no further distinctions are recorded as far as the Israelites are concerned. If we read from Genesis 12, 1 to 3, we can see that God originally spoke to Abram and gave him a command with a promise of blessing. Abram, of course, is Abraham's original name before God changed it to Abraham. And this is how the promise of blessing goes. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great blessing. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, Abraham obeyed God. He left his country, and the promises of blessing kept coming to Abraham. And that's what happens when we obey God too. We continually get blessed in our obedience. The next promise that God gave Abraham was that of a land inheritance to Abram's descendants, though he had no descendants as of yet. But then the Lord promised him after that innumerable, innumerable descendants. He said, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. That's in Genesis 13, 16. And then the Lord gave Abraham or Abram a promise of protection. And the Lord uh, and the Lord himself as Abraham's reward. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. 
Well, then the Lord, that's the time when the Lord actually changed Abram's name to Abraham. And he promised to make an everlasting covenant between himself and Abram or Abraham and his descendants, a covenant to be their God. He said, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. He went on, also I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are, you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So Abraham and his descendants received that covenant, and, and their part of the covenant was to be circumcised. God had commanded Abraham, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Genesis 17:13. Well, God then promised that Abraham's aged wife, Sarah, would be the one that bore the son of promise. And, and when Abraham suggested that um, his son Ishmael from Sarah's Egyptian handmaiden would be sufficient for that, God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And of course, Sarah had that son who they named Isaac. Then after that, was God's great test of Abraham. When God had told him to sacrifice his beloved son of promise, Isaac, and Abraham actually was willing and ready to do that. It took him three days uh, to, to get to the mountain, three days of struggle, but Abraham believing that God would actually raise him up again from the dead, as according to what uh, we learn in Hebrews eleven nineteen was actually willing to do what God commanded him. And afterward, God said to Abraham, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashores and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So God had given Abraham a dozen or so promises over his life that are recorded in scripture. And then came his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob. And God basically repeated three of those promises of blessing that he had made to Abraham to both Isaac and Jacob. Two of those three promises seem to be unique to the nation of Israel. And the, those are the promise of multiplication of, 
of its people, like the stars of the heaven and the dust of the earth, and the promise of their own homeland in Canaan. But the third promise that God made to all three of them concerned more than Israel. And that promise was that in their seed, all the nations and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Of course, today we know that that seed from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, Abraham's seed, all the nations and families of the earth were blessed. For he took the sin of all of us, of all the nations, all the families, every individual upon himself as he died for us on the cross. And when we repent and accept Jesus' sacrifice, we are saved from the wrath of God and we are adopted into his line of blessing. Perhaps that is why God told Jacob, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. Well, we Gentile Christians are the company of nations, are we not? God, from the first calling of Abraham, intended to bless him and his descendants. But through him and through his seed, he also intended to bless all the nations and all the families of the earth. And that's exactly what he did in Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham. But one of the reasons that most of Israel rejected Jesus was because he actually included us in the blessing. Do you remember the first instance that Jesus was persecuted in the Gospels? The first time that others actually tried to kill Jesus. It was very early in his ministry. It was when he spoke in his hometown, in the synagogue where he was known, when he spoke about God in the Old Testament, blessing people who were not Israelites. Well, they took him to the brow of the hill that the town was built upon and tried to throw him off the, a cliff there. But he was able to escape from them. Well, we see too many times in Scripture. Uh, we see in Acts of the Apostles that, that the Apostle Paul fared well with his uh, compatriots right up until the time that he mentioned God blessing Gentiles as well as them. And Paul made it his mission, as God had told him to, to make everyone aware that it was God's plan to bless everyone through Israel. Not just bless Israel, though they were especially blessed, it was also God's plan to bless other nations and other people, other families through
through Abraham's seed, through Jesus. Well, Paul wrote much about that. And in doing so, he took nothing away from the blessing of Israel. They didn't lose God's blessing. They didn't lose God's promises from uh, to, to the Gentiles. Yes, they were chastened by God um, often because of their disobedience. But they have uh, their people and they have their land of blessing. Uh, again, today, they, they're back there. And through their forefathers' seeds, seed, all the nations and the families of the earth have been blessed. And the latter was what many of Jesus' parables of the kingdom of heaven were about. God's mercy that was offered to others when his own people rejected him. It's not that we replaced them, but that God opened up this blessing, this blessing of becoming his children to everyone. He opened up his kingdom to all of us and gave us salvation. Well, what should that mean for us who were blessed by Abraham's seed? It should mean appreciation, first of all, and expressing that appreciation both in worship and thanksgiving to God. What else should it mean? Well, it should mean that we glorify God by telling others of his mercy as, as he leads us to. It should mean not being like Jonah and wanting to keep God's blessing uh, all to ourselves, but sharing both God's warning, the warning of God's wrath, and the good news of Jesus Christ and his salvation to even our enemies. Do we want our world to be changed or do we want God to destroy it? What did God tell Abraham? He said, in blessing, I will bless you and in multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and like the sand of the seashores. In blessing, I will bless you. Now, I know our young couples at St. Timothy's, uh, Robin, Deborah, Renaud and Annie, and now Jonathan and Renee, uh, have been multiplying well lately. But don't leave all the blessing and multiplying up to them. St. Timothy's, be like Abraham and Sarah in their later years. Um, believe God for new converts. Make, make some spiritual babies. Um, has God been telling you to, to speak to some someone about about himself about god uh to speak to friend or foe don't be like jonah when he asked you to speak to someone obey god right away and share with that person god wants to exercise his mercy through you ask him for words ask him for opportunities opportunities will will sometimes surprise you you know, last week, um, I was honest and wrote a very frank email to someone I, that I've been doing business with over the past year. 
and in it I was expressing my disappointments in, in, in them. And I thought that that letter might end our relationship, but to my surprise, the person responded and humbly admitted that what I had written was correct and that they would like to know more about God. I realized right then that um, that, that might have been God's plan all along, not the business, but to get that person's attention uh, and, and for God to speak to their heart and call, him, call them to um, himself. You know, I was also thrilled last week when I visited a parishioner of ours who's in a nursing home, and I learned that sharing Christ with others is her new purpose there. And she had asked me to pray for, for opportunities to do that. She'd been doing that already, uh, praying with people, talking, and she was asking to, for me to, to pray for her, that she'll have to, the opportunity to, to speak with others about Jesus. That thrills my heart. And, you know, one of, one of our parishioners who passed away uh, last summer, uh, she used to sit by her window in town when her legs gave out so that she could talk to and share the gospel with her neighbors as they walked by her house. Well, we shouldn't wait until we are old and incapacitated to, to, to do that, but when the time comes, that shouldn't stop us. Those two probably have have a better conversion rate than, than most of us do. But all of us are, have been um, given the Holy Spirit for that purpose, to share Jesus Christ with those around us. Well, what else should um, it mean for us who are blessed by Israel's seed? The Apostle Paul prayed that God would, would grant Christ's followers to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus and that we might with one mind and would, with one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's from Romans 15, 5 and 6. And he said this, he said, receive one another just as Christ also received us. That was verse seven. That's what we should do, those of us who have been blessed by Abraham's seed. Well, what's that look like? What's it look like to receive one another just as Jesus Christ received us? Well, Paul told us that back in uh, Romans 14. He told us to receive others without prejudice, without showing contempt. And Paul also wrote this in Romans 15, 7. Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Well, how do we emulate that today? How do we serve God's people, Israel, like Jesus did and confirm the promises that God made to their fathers?
Well, we pray for them. And as we pray, we look for opportunities to bless them. Remember, God told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And so, brothers and sisters, claim your blessing. Bless Israel today. Bless Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's descendants as God gives you opportunity and pray for them. Bless also the Lord Jesus by worshiping him and by thanking him for your salvation. And finally, bless others. Bless them by telling them about Jesus, about his salvation. No matter who they are or what they've done, no matter where they come from, bless them with the gospel because it was God's plan and purpose to bless all the nations and all the families of the earth through Abraham's seed, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you that that was your plan. That was your plan from the beginning. And Lord, we thank you that we can read that plan said over and over again. Lord, not only in Genesis, but throughout the, your word, throughout the Bible, Lord. And we, we, we thank you, Lord, that we could, can see it um, played out even in the book of the Acts of the Apostles that recorded, Lord, your gospel going to your people Israel and then uh, to the Gentiles as well. And we know that you have made us one, Lord, through your blood as your scripture says, and we thank you so much for that. We thank you for reconciling us to yourself and to one another through your blood. And we just ask, Lord, that we can be your witnesses, Lord. We can be truly your children and, and live like your children on this earth, Lord, for all the days that you give us. We, we bless your name in Jesus' name.